We've been able to connect with women from all over the world and have that deeper level conversation, even though we're not in person. And I wasn't sure if that was possible, but you can create lifelong, deep lasting relationships with people that you've never met before. I just can't wait to jump on a plane and give them all a really long, awkward cuddle. Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. I am delighted to welcome a wonderful lady to my episode today. Tamara Lur is an entrepreneur. She empowers women. She does some retreat. She wrote the book. She is a power woman. And I was just, when we were talking, having a little chat before, I was just saying to her, I don't only admire all the things she does. I also like her because she has a good sense of humor. And of course, being Australian helps, doesn't it? She is the founder of the company Busale. And um, let's talk a little bit about your journeys, Tamara, and your journey of life. Welcome to Most Memorable Journeys. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for being here. I know that you are busy. We met through the Global Woman Club, but I also see you being very active on Clubhouse. How is life in Australia these days? Well, for somebody who loves to travel, um, we're kind of locked in at the moment. I mean, I chose to uh, stay in Australia for my children. Uh, they, you know, live the life that I did as a kid. They get to go on their bikes all day and surf and be in nature as opposed to being in their computer screens. But at the same time, we haven't had COVID, which is great. My kids have never had to wear a mask. But in the same sense, uh, you know, we're not allowed to travel. So this is the longest I think I've ever been not on a plane. It's quite crazy. And to be honest, I didn't sign up for full-time stay-at-home mum. Uh, I like my blend of business and, um, <laughs> and, and home life. So it's been an interesting couple of years. But isn't it always the way that these things are sent to us in our journey to remind us how grateful we are for what we get to do so frequent? I mean, I used to go to LA every six weeks and, you know, travel a lot, you know, every quarter I would tick off a bucket list item for some new country in the world and now I'm here. <laughs> That's the reason why I started this podcast because when I couldn't travel anymore, I felt like I was missing a limb and I thought if I can't travel, at least I can talk about travel and that's how it all came about. I can feel you. But isn't it funny though how we adjusted and I am sure knowing you, you're making the best of it. Well, what's interesting is I think for me, there wasn't a huge amount of adjustment business-wise other than the experience of being in person with people. I'm a real connector in person, a bit old school that way. But my business is predominantly direct-to-consumer online. So all my ethical products are sold direct-to-consumer online. I don't rely on things like retail and stuff like that. And that's my background and creating communities online. So for me, business-wise, it never really changed as far as how I was reaching my consumers. Um, a lot of my friends inside Young Presidents Organization, uh, which I'm part of, had a lot of shock. They had to figure out how to pivot from retail uh, to online. Um, and, and I did help a number of them through that transition. Um, actually, we created an online master's program for them because God knows we cannot afford to lose any more women in business. 
but for me, really, life didn't change as far as how I did business. All my team have always been remote. I pick people based on their gifts and their genius, not based on their territory. So I have staff in New York. I have staff in Manila. I have staff, actually, a horrible word, team. I have an amazing team and I trust them to do the right thing that I don't need to be eyeballing them every day. So none of that really changed. But what did change was that sense of freedom um, that, you know, you can jump on a plane and and explore. And one of my core values, as you know from my presentation uh, that I that I give when I speak on stage, is one of my core values is freedom and in impact. And not being able to do a couple of those has you know taken its toll, but you find other ways to do it. Um, I thought, well, technology, let's jump online and see if we can create the same sort of beautiful connection with women, because God knows women are exhausted, lost, and seeking out like-minded people beyond social media that has more depth. So we've been able to connect with women from all over the world and have that deeper level conversation, even though we're not in person. And I wasn't sure if that was possible, but you can create lifelong, deep, lasting relationships with people that you've never met before. I just can't wait to jump on a plane and give them all a really long, awkward cuddle. Oh, my God, I feel exactly the same. And, you know, when it was just a little shock to our system last year in March when the whole thing started. And then, you know, we just adjusted. And the same with like the Global Woman Club, all the meetings immediately went online and we did everything on Zoom. And I feel like because I had never met these women, because normally these meetings are live, I have made friends all over the world. And you were saying it very right. You can actually really create the connection, a deep connection without having met a person. And this is, of course, the, the upside of this whole situation. Now, if you weren't in lockdown, where would you go? Where would you like to go? If you, if you could jump on a plane today or tonight, because it's already afternoon where you are, where would you go? Well, I think what's interesting is I've been to so many places that I guess it wasn't like this yearning of loss like and regret that I didn't travel when I had the chance. But now, um, you know, as you know, I'm a socialpreneur and I'm very much after 25 years in business in the legacy part of my journey. And for me, it is really about um, going and helping uh, with the United Nations Sustainability Goals, going and checking out projects, going and basically getting together the troops, which is the women, you know. I believe that women need to get back to smaller pods of you know, circles of women where we come together and, and work on how we fix and address these problems. So for me, it would be to see, you know, my tribe in America, the women inside the Basal community, and also going and visiting uh, some of these projects so that I can showcase that to other people. And because we've got, we've actually gone backwards. That's the thing. And I know there's a concern for, you know, business and how we survive, but in general, you know, we've gone back almost a decade in our sustainability goals, women have had the worst brunt of it. So that's what I want to do. I want to get on a plane and go help women because at every level we've been affected. I was just going to say, and that this is, I was going to mention to you, do you feel that during this time, during these lockdowns, women made a step back? Because when there were both full-time working partners, when they were working at home, it was the woman who cooked, wasn't it? It was the woman who who did all the housework while she was also doing her job in most cases from what I heard. Yeah, it's not do I feel, it's I know. 
The statistics say that women, when it went to um, working from home, had to pick up, we were already doing the cooking and cleaning, let's be honest, but we had to pick up the schooling, which was the biggest brunt. And then on top of that, so straight away, our careers are set back, straight away, and we're worn out and we're exhausted. Next to that, we've got the fact that businesses had half the run rate of survival during COVID than men, male businesses. And that's due to the fact that we have, we get 2% of all capital. Uh, you know, we're obviously, a lot of women are providing for their families if they are a single mum. There's all these factors that meant that we had half the run rate. And we're not bigger businesses. You know, less than 10% of women, uh, of membership in YPO is women. So that's under, uh, you know, to be in YPO, the average turnover is 45 million. So there's not a lot of women getting to big businesses that then are a little bit more robust when it comes to these sorts of situations where a lot of small businesses. So a lot of female businesses died. And then if we take it a layer deeper, which is developing countries, there's 6 million girls who won't return to school. And that makes me so heartbroken because whilst there is the sustainability goals, the, the 17 sustainability goals, the UN says very clearly that if we had to boil it down to one thing, it would be educating girls. And 6 million girls now won't return to school as a result of COVID. So we've actually gone massively backwards. And I've never worked so hard in all my life in the last two years because I'm really cognizant of the fact that women in business need help and we need to fix this situation around how do we get back to the sustainability goals. And I believe to my core that business is the answer. I don't believe governments are going to do it. We've got a huge lack of trust in in anything that we used to look to as our guides and as our saviours. And women have forgotten that they still have the power. We really do. We have the purchasing power to change the world. If we switch the way we buy and choose brands that are conscious, that give back and not only have a zero net impact on the earth, but a net positive impact, wouldn't that be amazing? So really that for me has, it's kind of been a blessing that I haven't been able to travel. I've had that distraction taken away because for me, it's really been working on what does that look like and how do I lean into women right now and help them because I am fortunate enough to be at that stage where I have longer longer runway and more to give at the stage in my career. Every single woman who is listening to this right now is going to probably say, oh my God, I have to get in touch with this woman. And I just want to say it here. Now we're going to put all the links in the show notes. So everybody will have the opportunity to get in touch with Tamara, because I know that you really, really give a lot of value. Talking a little bit about woman empowerment, since we are um, in the middle of it, do you believe that women support each other enough? Um, not enough yet, no. And I think that's because society has taken us away from what our core is. So, you know, you've got reality shows where women are, you know, picking on each other. Uh, you've got this constant, we call it basuk. So basal means ethical, moral and of good intent. And basuk is uh, perfection, constantly striving for perfection, you know, not ageing gracefully, uh, excess, wanting heaps of materialistic things as opposed to experiences. And so, you know, we've really been taken, I believe, women have gone from their natural state. In their feminine divine, they are in a state of basal because that's an ancient Gaelic word, that's what it meant, to a stage of having to be basuk. And it's exhausting and, you know, if we're, there's interfighting, which is ridiculous because God knows you were already the underdog. The underdogs shouldn't fight each other. 
<laughs> so, and, and then on top of that, we've got this constant strive for perfection, which, you know, we, we need to age gracefully. I'm 45 this week uh, and I'm very proud of that. I think, you know, as you said, it's all about the journey. So, but how do we facilitate that? So that's really been something that I've been focusing on. And inside YPO, which I'm part of, we have this thing called forums and they are really magical. It's where you come together and you share your five percenters. And five percenters are the things that you don't tell anyone. They're the, the stuff that keep you awake at night. And, and as a business person, that's really where I've grown the most is going into forum and saying, I'm really scared about how I put food on the table of 70s staff members. And, you know, I've got this massive uh, issue with this at the moment or a legal threat with this. And we go and talk about all the things, both in our family and our business, that we're struggling with. Yet you have to earn $20 million to be in that organisation. So I went, why aren't women doing this? Why aren't we going back to days where we were in villages, we sat around in circles and people who were elders shared their experience and everyone was on even playing field. There wasn't these ladders of corporate to climb. There wasn't, everyone helped each other, you know. Everyone shared everything. We raised the children together. We were a village. And so I took the concepts of what I'd learned through YPO and I've applied those so that women who are working women, who are mothers, who are women in their 40s and 50s, who have kids leaving the home, who feel a little lost, so that we can all come together and really talk about what's important. What is our purpose for being on this planet? What is our calling and how do we step into that with ease, grace and courage? Not what we are doing currently because it's exhausting, um, it's it's exhausting to watch, let alone to do, and I don't believe any of us are feeling the love and feeling uh, that we are supported. So we need to get back to that. That was a very long answer to the question, but no, I'm very that was passionate it. about we've got to get away from social media. We've got to take it to one-on-ones, you know, and do, well, groups of seven to we, we have nine to 13 people inside our little circles uh, and the power in those groups because it is highly confidential and it's, highly spiritual and it's all about awareness, self-awareness and purpose, you should see the transformations that happen inside that. It is it's really magical and that's what we need. It takes time, effort and love, not a post on social and not a here, watch my evergreen course and overnight you'll be in line. That was a beautiful answer. And I know that from my coaching sessions, I do still do one-to-one coaching. I know some people tell me, why do you waste your time doing one-to-one coaching? It's, it doesn't, you don't earn any money with that. But I love watching people shift. I love helping people let go. As you said, sometimes people, all, all they need is to talk. Because talking, saying it to somebody, letting go of something, it's just unloading. And, you know, this is what we should be here for, carrying each other's weight and sharing each other's weight and helping each other let go of it. And as I said, I love watching people let go of what weighs them down. I use that phrase, you know, as my as my purpose. And you can see the shift when it happens. And um, I admire what you do. Thank you so much for um, helping all these women because the world needs more Tamaras, I believe. Thank you. I believe the world needs more basal. I'm simply facilitating it because, uh, you know, I can. And, you know, it's attracted some really beautiful people. It's not going to, it's not the Tamara show. I mean, I admire Tony Robbins, but it's not, I don't want to be Tony Robbins. You know, for me, I want to put the platform together, bring these women together, and then we can all rise up together. 
you know, there's no leader, there's no, you know, head, um, there's no famous person behind any of this. This is just about women leaning into each other with no judgment, with no bullshit, and, and just being present so that we can find our own purpose. And what the great thing is, is that every woman, no matter how defeated she is, from an ex-husband, from a boss, from a whatever it is, from life, from society, we still have our seed of potential. It never goes away. So how can we give them a safe place to come together, you know, whether they're in corporate grey and killing it on the outside but on the inside just absolutely exhausted and, and over it, how do we all come together and support each other and tap into that genius? And because it's only when we transform our life that you can transform the world. So that's what you're doing. I mean, you know, if people say you're not making enough money one-on-one, well, I would say money is energy and the energy that you put into transforming one person's life and then what they go on to transform as a ripple effect, to me, that is worth more than money. So, you know, whoever said that to you, I I, I absolutely agree. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's not, it, not everything in life is about money. It's about um, making people feel better. And uh, money is a nice side effect in most cases anyway. Well, you still need money. And, you know, that's, that's been a big part of it. Part of women having choices and, and getting back their freedom and control and confidence is about their ability to be able to make their own money. What doesn't serve them is nine to five. And poor Dolly, I'd love to meet Dolly Parton one day and go, you, you wrote that song, Working 9 to 5, Ain't a Way to Make a Living, right? How far have we really come? Like, she, I mean, that woman gave, sent us a very big message and I'm not convinced we've, we've gone as far as what we need to. You know, that doesn't work for us. It doesn't serve our families. It doesn't serve us. It's not productive. I mean, we all, when you look at the statistics, you only can do a maximum of three to four hours of concentrated high-quality work at any one time. Women can find three hours during the day in pods of two or three times, but making them go to work and commute and do all this crap doesn't serve anybody. So I believe the only way we can do that is for women to transition to entrepreneurship, but we need to do that in a staged manner that we don't rely on capital and we learn how to become entrepreneurs on the process and they can transition to uh, look after themselves and build their own wealth and their own assets because that's the way forward, I believe. Is that I think women are wonderful leaders and wonderful business owners. We just need to work on those transitions because we all know that 9 out of 10 businesses fail, especially in the beauty and wellness sector. So how do we help them get to four and five figures first so that they can transition out of their job? And then how do we get them from five figures to six figures so they can start building wealth? And then how do we get them from six to eight figures, you know, where I am, where it becomes an asset and you can sell those businesses and it becomes intergenerational wealth. But listening to people go, make a million dollars overnight, we all know who they are on Clubhouse. You've heard them before. And you probably heard me go head to head with them as well. I have. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I mean, seriously, all they talk about is their planes and their fast cars and their, and I'm like, God, this is so besook. Like, what about, you know, providing for your kids and being a good role model and having the time to lean into your local community and give back? Like, you don't hear any of that in those rooms, do you? I think <laughs> I, I think this is when I noticed you the first time. That was even before you came to Global Woman. And I thought, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, this woman is, this, she is good. You know, in some of those clubhouse rooms, the people are so overpowering that you, you know, 
I'm sure that there are many women afraid to even say something. Good for you. Yeah, well, you know what? I played the game of trying to conform and being like a man in business and it just didn't sit with my values. And, you know, they invite me up on stage because, you know, I'm in their circles and I'll let, let them listen for a little while. But every now and again, yeah, when the timing is right, I like to remind them that, you know, money is energy and business is, it can be used as a force for good. And if you're using it for a force to buy your fifth and sixth car, then that doesn't say much about you as a person. I mean, I, you know, I appreciate that there's a payback in business and you should reward yourself. But are those things that make women happy, I don't think they are. I mean, if women, you know what it's like. We're the last to spend money on ourselves. We'd rather see our kids, you know, smiling or giving you a beautiful experience by travelling. I mean, when I speak, what's really interesting is when I get invited to speak, um, they know now, they ring me and they go, okay, so you don't want to fly first class, but what you do want is that we have to pay for your whole family to go and we we don't book you a presidential suite, we get you the family suite. I go, yes, because I'm not doing a speaking gig. I use that as, an, as a reason or a great way to blend, which is the name of my book, and I have a work-life blend, blend that with a family holiday. So I'll go, okay, well, I'll speak at your event and I'll take my family and I they know to book my flights a week later because I'll speak and then we'll spend a week there and have an experience. So for me, it's how do you always look for opportunities to blend things together? And, um, yeah, it was very funny. I think on Clubhouse um, it was JT Fox who, was, who went after me and I said, you know, I, I said, oh, I'm hearing a lot of I, I, I. What about we? Like how are we leaning into the 600 people in the room who are listening right now? How are we being good role models and, how are we serving them? Because we're talking a lot about ourselves on stage. That's all I've heard. So I started adding some value and talking about, you know, um, you know, if you are aspiring to be an entrepreneur, here's some tips and, you know, inviting them to ask questions. And uh, I think I got told, uh, what did he say to me? It was very funny. He said, um, well, it's great to get a female's opinion. I, I turned around and I said to him, I'm not just a female's opinion. I'm an eight-figure entrepreneur and I have every right to be on this stage. Thank you very much. <laughs> so it's kind amazing, of funny. <laughs> amazing, amazing. <Aussie>. But, <laughs> but, you know, um, for you mentioned reality show and, uh, you know, some people are so gullible. Some people are get so easily impressed. And, of course, those are the people that are taken advantage of. Um, that's why it is so important to be able to form your own opinion about what you really want and not just buy something because somebody else who has six cars says you're going to become a millionaire overnight. It's not possible. It's not realistic at all. Um, no. At all. So, you know, and, and I find that really irresponsible. If you have so many people looking to you as a role model in business, we need to, we're elders in business, we need to be providing them with, you know, you'll hear me say it on Clubhouse all the time, um, advice is dangerous. You don't yeah. know that person's situation after their 30-second question and share. You know, it should only be experience shares and that's how we do things inside Basal. No one is allowed to um, give advice and that's hard for some people because some women are coaches who are in our community and they want to give advice and I'm like, I'm sorry, you don't get to unless you have an experience that you can share firsthand because we all know that that is the best way to learn is through experience share. And if we're doing it at a YPO level, then we're doing it at a Basal level. And, you know, that's 
that's really great for people because then they can think for themselves, okay, well, this is the situation I'm in and this is how this person has addressed it, then great. But there's a lot of advice, there's a lots of blowing trumpets, all that stuff on Clubhouse, which is sad, but there's some beautiful rooms if you look deeper. There are some really beautiful rooms with some gorgeous people uh, doing the right thing and sharing the love and extending, and they're just to serve, not to sell anything. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm spending my time in those more so. I don't have much time for Clubhouse, but I'd rather spend the time there. But I think it's also important that I pop into the bigger rooms. I'm surprised that they still bring me up. But getting into those rooms and actually, you know, being another voice and giving another perspective because not everyone in business thinks it's just about um, making it rain money. So as you say, so many different rooms and there are some really, really beautiful rooms. And even on Clubhouse, I have met people that I feel that I know and you see them again and again and you you know they bring you up just because you entered a room and that is lovely. And um, I think everything in life, we have to take it all with a pinch of salt, everything, the people that we listen to and the people that we speak to. Now, My show is called Most Memorable Journeys. So let's talk a little bit about travel. You mentioned traveling with the family. What is your favorite place that you would go on holidays with your family? Or do you not have to, do you like to go within Australia? Do you like to travel abroad? Where do you go when you can, of course? Oh, I go everywhere, man. Um, (laughs) I I like places that uh, have a beautiful culture and you know, still maintain their culture. So very spiritual places. I love Asia. I remember when I used to travel in my 20s and I'd see my sister in America, they would comment, oh, my gosh, with the amount that you travel, I can't believe you've got to stop over in Thailand for three days. You know, surely they can get you a direct flight with all the money you spend on airfares. And I'm like, I'm choosing to go to Thailand. And they just wouldn't believe that I would opt as a, you know, young girl to go to Thailand on my own for three days. But I I love all those sorts of countries that have culture. I studied art history, so I really love anywhere that has uh, art uh, and I can go and visit some of my favourite artists. I mean, there's not really many places I don't love. Morocco was divine. Spain was beautiful. They're all beautiful in their own right because when I show up, I show up to lean in and to learn and surround myself with their culture. And I have no expectations whatsoever. I don't come with a filter that is I'm Australian or nothing really. Um, and I make sure that I don't do all the touristy things. So I'm really interested in, in showing the children how other people live and, and making them worldly. I've got one very academic child and she thinks that's really important. And I said, no, how you treat human beings and how you show up is what's important. The more you can utilise your business to be able to share these beautiful experiences so they can see how others live and how content they can be, uh, you know, without devices, how content they can be, you know, with their lives and the, the way that they live. I think that's really important to me. So being able to provide that to your family is massive and, and I love it as well. And I also love seeing where my impact is going. As you know, all my products um, buy one. When you buy one, you support a female founder and it gives back to the United Nations Sustainability Goals. So we call it buy one, support one, give one. And it's lovely to see, you know, when you go to Africa and you see all the the meals that you are providing that are going, you know, meaning that kids are going to school. So, you know, I try and blend all of it. I like to, to blend seeing a new place 
bringing an experience shared and a memory to our family and then also having a look at impact and really being aware of what is the situation because it's it's different for us, us to sit back and go to a webinar and hear about the problems they're trying to solve in different areas of the UN, but to actually go there and speak to the people is really, really important, um, I believe, and that gives me the fire to keep going uh, rather than, you know, just getting more relaxed as I get older. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's about understanding, I think, and that's one thing that I also taught my children. We traveled, I traveled a lot with my kids is to understand that we are all the same. We are, we all have the same needs. We all have to, we have a need for safety. We have a need for financial security. We all want to progress in life. We want to get somewhere. It's what you said. I have been to Jordan recently. I um, live in Cyprus and it's only 40 minutes flight. And I, I'm surprised why I had never been there before because I realized how beautiful it is. And I met this lady. We were walking around in Petra and I was really tired. My friends were going up to this place called Monastery and it was a steep hill and I was just getting sort of too tired and too fed up. And I said, you go up and you come back and I will sit here and wait for you. And this woman called me. She had this stall. She was selling souvenirs and bracelets and stuff. She said, come and have a tea with me. And I first thought, oh no, she's going to try and sell me all these things. And then I thought, no, you know, why not? And I went and talked to her. And it's so amazing when two women start talking from two very different backgrounds, we end up talking about our kids, what our kids want to do, how we want to educate them. And then she was telling me about her Airbnb. She was telling me about her business. So it's kind of, you feel that you are the same. You have the same things to think about and to worry about. Do you do you have this, um, do you feel like that? Absolutely. And I'm an Australian who's the sort of person who will speak to anyone on the bus. Uh, even if I don't speak the same language, I find a way. I, I just find people's lives and and it's just fascinating. I love one-on-ones. You seem to love one-on-ones too. But that's really, you're not visiting a country, you're visiting people. And I love to see that before we all start looking the same. <laughs> because, I mean, I feel, you know, you go to Hollywood and it's all the same. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, that's a different, that's for a different reason. <laughs> yes, exactly. But they all so, have the same plastic surgeon. <laughs> it's, crazy. it's crazy. I remember once I was there with my friends, and they're like, "Oh, show us your, well, your belt button's nice." And they were around the pool. I said, "Thanks. I'll I'll thank my mother." And they go, "Oh, it's so belly button real." I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? There you go. I'm a naive Aussie too. So, um, but uh, yeah, look, I think um, what's really important is when you travel is to not do the touristy things. I say get off the touristy drive. And while you're young, going and doing as much of that as possible. I'd rather my kids say to me, I'm going backpacking for a couple of years than I'm going to university. And for a lot of people, they prefer their kids to, to do the university thing. But I don't know about you, but I didn't learn that much at uni. I learned a lot more uh, on the job and starting a business and travelling. So I recommend people do. My daughter travelled to, she spent, after she finished studying, she went to South America. But before that, she went to Georgia, Armenia, and she spent a whole month in Iran. And everybody thought that she was completely crazy. And she tells me that she's never met nicer people. She never managed to pay because they always got invited and even did a cooking course and, and you know, getting to know people, getting to speak to people. And like you say, you know, speaking to people in the, 
bus or making friends while you are in a queue. So many things. You can travel in many, many different ways, but it's a lifelong learning journey, isn't it? Even anywhere you go. I traveled a lot in Australia when I was a tour guide. I was a tour guide for 11 years and um, I've been to places that you know, many Australians haven't been. And I absolutely loved being in the Northern Territory, for example. You know, it's spent a lot of time there. 200 languages in Arnhem Land. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, I need to ask you now, I have this word because when I was traveling in Australia in the 80s, I'm actually one of those people who climbed A.S. Rock because I didn't know because it's not allowed anymore. And it's it's right that it's not allowed. Somebody explained to me, it's like somebody would come and climb a church or a mosque. It's a very sacred place. Mm, it is. It is. And I, I've been to A.S. Rock as well. Uh, I chose not to climb it when you could. But that's because I've spent a lot of time around Indigenous. I mean, I was born and raised um, up in Weeper, which is above Cairns. Uh, so, and then I spent a bit of time, I had a government contract for a little while when I first started my business, helping um, uh, Indigenous Australians start businesses because employment didn't serve their culture. They wanted to get them into the mine sites. And I'm like, well, how's that going to work when you know, they've got all these traditions and they've got walkabout and they've got all these things that they do. Uh, so we felt the best way was to go in and help them start their own businesses, which they really wanted to do. That's what they asked for. So I have seen so much of Australia and it was all paid through business and had the most magical experiences because you have to be invited in by an elder mm-hmm. just to be able to go in. And uh, I remember when, do you remember the horrible floods that happened in Australia? Yes. So I have, um, at the time, I built blocking units in the city, which was overlooking the river and the city. I had a call from a friend who I worked with uh, on that project, and he said, uh, the floods are coming. And I said, what do you mean the floods are coming? It's We're in a drought. And he said, the crabs are heading to the hills. And when the crabs head to the hills, our dreamtime stories tell us that there's massive water coming. And sure enough, within a week, like massive floods and we keep forgetting to tap into like we don't learn the same lessons like if you go and see a clairvoyant they always talk about past lives and how many lessons we're here again because we didn't learn from the mistakes in our previous life and we need to you know address those in this life but we have people still on this planet that have amazing lessons whether it's war or natural disasters or uh, all sorts of things and we're just not learning from them. We just keep trying to reinvent things or create technology that means that we we don't actually struggle anymore with things. Everything's instant and that's not healthy. Yeah, we need to listen more and talk a little less sometimes, don't we? Because, um, and we very often don't listen to the right people. No, imagine if I had a rung the weatherman and said, can you send out an urgent message to everyone that there's a flood coming? And if they said, how do you know? I would have been like Noah's Ark. You know, I was getting sandbags and getting all ready. Yeah. I thought I was, I'd lost the plot. But, you know, I'd rather listen to a traditional elder than, uh, you know, to the weatherman. That's and to somebody point. who uses that's an app. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but maybe, maybe that's why people think I'm a little woo-woo. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You know, I, I think for me, I always say that the biggest com- compliment that somebody can make or give me is, is telling me that I'm a little crazy. I love telling people that I'm crazy because crazy is good. Yep. Freak them in or freak them out. That's my yes. mentor. <laughs> me. You know, because at the end of the day, I 
we spend far too much time caring about what everybody thinks. Why don't we care more about who we're hanging around and who we're spending our precious time with, which is the most important thing that we have. Uh, and I love time on my own when I travel, to be honest. Do you like travelling on your own? Oh, it's just so rewarding. Me and my husband go on separate trips and everyone thinks it's so odd. Oh, same here. <laughs> I love being, I love watching people in airports, wondering where they go and wondering how they feel. And, you know, sometimes even helping somebody when you see that somebody is in distress or somebody feels uncomfortable, you know, just say, can I help you? Or how are you okay? That helps. Well, you know what my favourite thing is to do at the airport? Because I'm a platinum, right? So I get into the lounges at the higher level, like, you know, where you can sit down restaurants and all that stuff. I always go, it's really weird. I look a bit like a stalker. I go around and I find like backpackers or anybody that's sitting there who looks like they're travelling and, um, you know, quite young. And I go, are you flying with Qantas? And, you know, you can usually tell because they're in the same lounge. So would you like me to get you into the lounge? (laughs) (laughs) I always take somebody in with me, a complete stranger. (laughs) It's my thing. That is so, and I'm sure they appreciate it because they can, you know, it's much more comfortable and they can get some food and they can, you know, even have a shower. It's a beautiful experience, right? And it's something that I I get all the time um, to experience. And, you know, even just when I take my sister, she says, I prefer, because she has her husband's in America. God bless them. They haven't seen each other for two years. Oh, and Oh, terrible. And when I take her in the lounge, because this is my favourite bit about travelling, I love the lounge. She gets so excited. She reads the whole menu. I mean, why wouldn't you do that for people? So anyway, that's my little thing that I like. No, but you see, I love going to the lounge because, uh, again, you watch people in there as well and uh, it's very relaxing. But Tamara, I could talk to you for hours. I think (laughs) there's still a lot to say, but I'm going to, I'm going to leave it here because um, I keep my episodes at um, 35, 40 minutes. And I think maybe we'll just need to meet. One last thing I've noticed that you you go on trips with your girlfriends. Did I, have I seen something somewhere? Yeah, retreats. So inside, you do that for um, fun and for uh, development. Yeah, I, th- I think it's also really important to go away and, uh, you know, spend time with like-minded souls who are women. So it's just a beautiful chance to blend a wellness retreat. Uh, we're not really hardcore, you know, we still drink champagne and, and just have fun and laugh and not care about getting spray tans before we go and all of that stuff. So we brought that into Vassal. Uh, we haven't had a chance to do it yet, but, you know, I get some pretty magical experiences because I know people who own resorts and, you know, I, I've um, been to Necker Island and, and know Richard Brents and all of these people are in my network. So Sometimes I just say, you know, why don't we get a group of 10 or 15 together and let's all go experience this. Um, Last time I went was to George Lucas's ranch, you know, which was amazing. So just tapping into these once-in-a-lifetime experiences that people don't have access to. You know, I'm the sort of person that, yes, I love to travel on my own, but when it's something like that, I'm like, I want to share this with people. Like the lounge, I just want to share it with people. So, you know, we get together little groups of women and we go and, uh, have a heap of fun and just have beautiful conversations. We're crying and laughing and sleeping in and getting massages and laughing until we snort, you know, that sort of getaway. It's I would, fun. I'd like to come on one of those trips. Oh, I put you down. <laughs> 
And we do do some community service at the same time, by the way. We do, of course, do of course. Yeah. I totally understand. Tamara, it has been an absolute um, delight to talk to you. Do you want to just repeat quickly how people can find you, even though we will put everything in the show notes, but just how, how can people find you the easiest way? Offline. I know you can find me on Instagram and all that stuff and Clubhouse, but come join a gathering. We do full moon and new moon gatherings uh, with Basal. And, you know, they're beautiful groups, intimate groups online. And, and uh, I would love to see any of you there to come and experience something quite magical and what it's like to have women who rise up together and, and uh, you know, want to help each other. Let's, let's have a look at what that looks like for you. So I invite you to come and be my guest. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being on Most Memorable Journeys. Oh, thank you. And I can't wait for our holiday. That's been the favourite thing of the day. <laughs> We're going on holiday. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Excellent. Talk soon. If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the show notes. If you like what you hear, and you want to know more about what I do, check out my website, www.thesoulkit.com.